I'm Sean McCambridge, Managing Director of Stellar Recruitment. Thanks for joining me on this journey to uncover the secrets of inspirational leaders. The reason I put this together is to share the unique journeys of these successful individuals and really unpack how they've achieved success and hopefully inspire others to do similar things. So thanks for tuning in and listening and I hope you enjoy the series. Scott, thanks for joining us here today uh, and taking the time to sort of share your journey. Um, we might start with uh, with asking you, uh, who is Scott Winter? Where did it uh, Where did it all start? Where are you from? Um, great to be here, by the way. It's uh, you know it's a terrific um, uh, opportunity for me to, to give you a little bit of insight into who I am. Uh, my early childhood started out in, in Victoria. We only spent a very short period of time there, and and uh, we followed Dad's job. He's a worked for CSIRO. So a lot of our early childhood was in um, Darwin, Catherine. Uh, we lived on research stations. I remember swimming in uh, in big water tanks out in the bush. So I've got a lot of connection with with the bush and rural Australia. Um, it's uh, it has influenced who I am today and and the, the hands-on approach I have for, for things. You know, I saw Dad, you know, tinkering away with the cattle in the workshops. Um, and, and how we manage people, you know, it was, a, it was a very insightful for me later on looking back. Actually, I think a lot of my approaches today come from, you know, how we did things way back in the early days. So we, we spent a lot of time rural. I uh, moved from Brisbane to, sorry, from, uh, from Darwin to, to Brisbane, where I finished uni off. I went to UQ and, and did a degree in mining engineer. And then, again, I went back out the bush. There's no mines in the city, so... Ended up going out into Mount Isa Mines, had a scholarship with with MIM, and and uh, took a, took a job out there for a period. So you're a graduate, you get the scholarship. What's your vision of your career at that point in time as a 21 year old or or something similar? You know, I think um, you, you're somewhat limited in what you can see, how far you can see, and and I didn't learn that until later. Um, but yeah, I had a vision. I wanted uh, one strong message. I I wanted to to impart on all the people that employed me. I wanted to get the hands-on skill. I wanted to get the ground roots um, of how you do this job yeah, from the basics. In mining, obviously, there's a lot of labour and content. There's the actual mining, the physical blasting of ground or digging of waste, and uh, and then there's the technical aspects. And there's the management of of all the resources and assets, and then there's the sort of business side. So, but I really wanted to start from scratch. And um, so I did, I went straight into Mount Isa and started to get all my tickets underground. Um, I joined the union because it was mandatory at that stage. Uh, and uh, so that was a big part of my learning around because uh, obviously later in Korea I had a, uh, saw it from the other side. Um, but uh, really got all my skills. I probably got, you know, sort of eight or nine tickets to, to operate gear and, uh, and uh, shot firing tickets and everything. So. So looking back now, with the benefit of hindsight, and uh, and like you said at the time, yeah, 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 maybe your views were shackled at this point in time. Uh, at, at initially when you graduated, now looking back, what were some of your best career moves, and, and maybe why? Um, <clears throat> de- definitely, 
I mean, business is about people. And I'll say that up front, that's a bit of a theme. Business is about people. So learning how to engage with people, learning how people think, learning what ticks their boxes and how to get that discretionary effort out is 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 the key, the key to business. You know, trucks don't drive themselves alone. You know, there's autonomy now, but the, the reality is, is people are behind all of that. So um, making that step into to Mount Isa Mines and saying I want to go underground and get the tickets, massive step in, in the career. Um, and I really wanted to get that. Uh, I think moving, I've moved from there into BHP, into Australia Coal. Um, that that was, a, a, was a family reason for, for moving across, um, or I would have stayed at Mount Isa. But again, I sought to try and get to the field as well. And, uh, and this time I had a bit more experience so that the field was related to supervision. So I looked after crews. So I really pushed that angle and the grad program was sort of beyond the grad program. There was some support in the area, but, but I really had to push hard to, to get into there. So taking that step was, was, a, was a big step again. How do you manage and, and manage a crew? You know, at one stage I had the worst crew, like, renowned in the mine as the worst crew you got big crew mining and uh see if you can make them perform and yeah we had some fun and got some some re, you know, re records and so yeah, that was a big step um because it really gave me that insight into people that was a bhp experience a bureau, big sort of bureaucratic organization um so again looking forward i had to to you know, this desire to be more in control of, of the destiny and and I wanted to see decisions happen quicker and how I could, you know, affect change faster because I was just impatient as all hell. And uh, saw an opportunity with TC the organisation. Um, it was a step up into a sort of a, a senior sort of position and got into that organisation. And I tell you, the early days in TEAS really showed me what it was like to, to make decisions and, uh, and affect change. You know, if you wanted a new dozer because you could see it generating some money or, you know, we needed the resource, it was there in three days, you know. It, so it, that, that, that was a, you know, looking back, it was, it was great to give you that sense of, well, this is generally what I think needs to happen and the business is structured so that I can make it happen quickly and can get a decision back quick. Um, so that, that was a big, I stayed there for a long time and, and had a lot of fun. But probably the other big stepping stone in in my career was and I could see where I wanted to go at that stage I could see I wanted to I wanted to get my hands around a company I wanted to to nurture a culture and nurture a business and make it sort of hold my DNA and I was missing that sort of finance entrepreneurial bit I knew I had a bit of that in me um, but I just didn't have the the M&A side the corporate the structuring the finance and uh, the move across to a you know risk reward, I moved into the Tinkler Group, and there was an opportunity came up in that business to, to create a new business, and I said I'll give that a go, and and that was a big step. That was a really big step. What what were some of the I mean obviously uh, Nathan and the Tinkler Group are well publicised. What were some of the positives or some of the real you know great opportunities you took out of your time with with the Tinkler Group? anything is achievable really you just gonna to have to take that achievement and, and you know what if you follow a path and you get to the end and there's a roadblock uh, or there's there's a dead end you go well I gave that a go and I'll just 
go back and try another another path. People listen to people that are passionate and that have got the knowledge behind them and don't bullshit them. So the big takeaway is, is anything can happen if you just put your mind to it and, and have a go and don't be scared to fail. And along the way, you're going to pick up all of these new tips and hints so that next time you're actually improved. I mean, I knew nothing about financing and structuring when I entered Tinkler Group. And when I left, um, I had such a big, broad exposure to it that, you know, I'm not a finance corporate banker or anything, but I tell you, I can learn and, uh, sorry, I, I can speak the language. And, and that's really what you got to do, know sort of how it works, how it functions, and then surround people, uh, you know, surround yourself with people that actually know the nitty gritty. Um, we can get in there. So, you know, that was a big takeaway. And, you know, really, uh, that's where relationships and connections started to, to see the importance, connecting with people in, you know, different jurisdictions and different functions. Uh, very, very important, I think, uh, in, in your career that you actually have a very lateral and diverse set of connections that, that help you because, you know, in, in my role now, you know, you span all of those functions from, you know, the technical aspects all the way through to, you know, how you secure a, you know, a piece of debt. Um, all of those um, require a connection and a, and a different skill set. So, um, you know, relationships, forming those relationships along the way is, is very important and building their trust. You talk about the consciousness of uh, building your knowledge from the ground up at Mount Isa Mines. You talk about the uh, importance of leading crews and people management um, in your time with uh, BHP Coal. Then you took the opportunity to maybe step up um, with Tease and, and then you talk about the entrepreneurial, maybe financial aspects of the opportunity that presented with Tinker Group. Were these conscious moves or were they moves that were prompted by a mentor um, or was it simply opportunity knocked and it kind of fit, it really fitted the, the vision of where you were looking to go ultimately in terms of trying to get the opportunity to run a company? It all fit. You don't get somewhere with just by pure luck. I really don't think that's the case. You plan where you want to go. Um, but you revise that plan all the way along based on what you've got, what you get, and what you think you can achieve. So, you know, I'm a big believer of always having a this sort of bubble or five-year plan sitting ahead of you and thinking about, right, oh, well, what's in that? And I think in every aspect, I, um, I achieved what I wanted at the end of five years within that period because you sort of think it's too hard, but the reality is that so much more in people than you, than you think. You know, if you... If, you, if people are empowered, and, and I think I was along the way, empowered to do things a bit beyond, you, you achieve things. I, I think I had a registered manager's ticket, you know, before I was 25, which, you know, quite early, I think it was very early, and I saw that being a sort of 25 to 30 thing. I went, geez, what do I do now? I mean, that, so there's been instances along that um, that path where, where you've got to a position that says, I need to look at this horizon planning, the five-year plan, and see right, what's the next thing. So... You know, for example, the, the, the jump across into Tinkler was, was a gap I saw and I wasn't going to get it where I was going forward in, you know, in the Tease group. And, I mean, great business and everything and that was a big decision to move, but I, I needed something extra to fill the gap and I wasn't scared to, to go and t- get it. I mean, manage the risk, you've got to have a lot of support around you, family's got to be there because, you know, risk reward in that particular case was quite high. Um, so you know, no, it was a planned. It was a planned outcome uh, for sure. And 
things have to fall your way sometimes, um, but you've always got to keep your eyes open. You know, as soon as you sort of shut up shop and go, well, okay, now I'm happy where I am, you know, I, I think that's where some of your opportunities really do slow for you. No, absolutely. I want to. I want to sort of pick up on that and take it a step further. Um, Mac Energy and Mount Pleasant uh, is one of the more exciting greenfield opportunities that's uh, unraveling at the moment um, and getting some great momentum. Talk to us about where that started, where that opportunity started. That uh, that started um, in my bedroom uh, at my computer, thinking, "Wow." Um, I can see something coming here and talk to the family, talk to the wife and then she said, I'm supportive of you for a period. Um, but you know, that was, that was a big, a big step for, for her to say that and, and uh, very much appreciate it. But it gave me the, the freedom to then go and just charge ahead and, and give it a go. So I started in the bedroom and knew what I wanted um, and knew what would be successful based on, you know, the, what I'd just done. I knew the coal sector, I knew the the sort of finance, I knew that there was a there was a real desire for, for connecting money and, and 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 sort of resources. So there was an opportunity. I just had to make sure I connected the dots and, and got there. So yeah, there was a <laughs> there was some rough periods at the start, um, but then you know surrounded myself with some like-minded people that that again were keen, were keen to take a little bit of a risk and and uh, stepped up. Um, and once you've got a little bit of momentum, things start falling your way, uh, and it, it slowly grew from one to five to two offices, one in Brisbane and one on site that, that has sort of 40 staff and uh, we're spending money to build a combine. So it, it, very achievable. And you know, do you call that entrepreneurial or do you call that sort of just calculated sort of risk and, and just getting on with it? You know, I don't do the the, the nth degree, you know, an engineer would think that it's all about data and, and getting yourself absolutely comfortable, but I think there's a balance in that. I've got that to get myself generally comfortable and then I'm not scared to make a mistake because, you know, a mistake you just pick yourself up and sort of come back and right away take a different path. So, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on the back of that answer and talk about the role of intuition and how intuition has guided you as a leader. Uh, how much of an impact does that have? Huge amounts, absolutely huge amounts, and I, look, I, I think it's knowing you. You know, one of the best, the biggest things that I've learned over the past is the best education you can, you can do is to know yourself. The best education, know what you're strong at, what 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 influence you have on people, and what um, what you know where your where your limitations are. Surround yourself with those people that can fill those gaps, and really believe in the strengths that you've got. So intuition, you know, gut feel. Um, that's where I get my energy from, you know, not standing still, moving forward. I don't do data, I don't do the, the nth degree. Some people actually do do so that I, you know, I'm a detail guy, which I like the detail, but I don't let and linger on it. Um, I get get myself comfortable with it, rely on people that have actually done the detail and go forward. But, um, you know, I had a, knowing yourself, I, I swam a lot as a kid, so one of the things you get very in tune with is your body and, and what you're capable of, effort, reward. So you um, you train hard and you get results. So there's a fair bit of intuition in knowing when you stand on the blocks, yeah. you've done the work, you've got to trust yourself because you know competing is a mind game as much as a body game. You've done everything you can to get 
there and back fast, but there's a dude standing next to you that's thinking he's going to beat you. So how do you uh, tell yourself that your body's ready? And, and so I think that helped in my career as well, also the intuition side of things. Um, but I, I come back to that point, I reiterated, don't be scared to make a mistake. You know, failure is just a great step in learning and, and um, you know, should be, not should be promoted, but it's not bad. It's not a bad thing at all. Absolutely. Talk to us about how you've become more comfortable as a leader because my journey, I'm sure others, is uh, early on in your career, you've got ambitions, but maybe you haven't got always the belief or the context or the experience at that point in time. Um, how have you become more comfortable as a leader? I think it's the little, it's the little things. You know, I place a lot of my success on, on seeing the outcomes of people in interaction. Yeah. That, that's that's it and then sometimes I talk about it being the chess board and the chess game and sometimes you play three or four games at once but we it's the little things where you get a comment or an email back or a, you know a comment in a, in a hallway you know, I got one last night you know um, absolutely brilliant talk to a team uh, about how we want the, the team to form and uh, going forward I was just generally subtle and you know you know what the message was, but I really want them to be a one-team approach, and uh, and and I, and I got back a a text saying, I get it. You don't want us to build a mind. You want us to build a mindset to build a mind. And you know that in itself is is an absolute win when it comes to 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 giving you the confidence that you're doing the right things. Yeah. So it's the it's the little things along the way that that give me that. You know, that, 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 that comfort that I'm doing the right thing. And, and again, building on that, how do you create that mindset of what's possible, um, executing on, on a concept or an idea? How do you engage people on that? Anything's possible. Anything is, anything's possible. I mean, yes, there's all the technical reasons why you can and you can't, but anything is achievable. I and mean, we chip away at, at things. We, you know, if you get caught up in the fact that there's there's a hundred tasks to do and you know all these things that's standing in your way then you know you find yourself falling into that category of well you're never going to achieve all those things but you just chip one one thing away you know you have to portray a confidence and an energy people pick up on that they you know, they see you walk if I'm up here in the office and the whole office just goes down something must be wrong you know well no this is something we don't know he's not telling us or you know people's minds wander so giving people the, the confidence and the energy that it's all okay and we can achieve that. It's just a little hurdle. I mean, sometimes people shake their head and look at me and go, "That you can't do that." But you know, you, you can't say, "Oh, okay, I agree with you." So right, we'll just get around that one and yeah. might look different, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah a good friend of mine says, uh, "I say as, as a leader, every day show day." Yeah. So irrespective of kind of what may or may not be going on outside of work or some of the variables we're faced with, ultimately as a leader, people look to us and look at our body language, how we're tackling things and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think it's pretty important that, uh, you know, you walk into that office with that energy and optimism um, because people feed off that, whether it's, you know, directly or indirectly. So, so yeah, great. A, it, it, just to build on that, the, the, I try and find a lot of time to do nothing because again Bill on your point you know if, if they see I mean the best ideas have come out you know when you're in the shower in the morning or at night and uh, so finding the time to do nothing um, is, is 
is great. That's where I come up with a lot of solutions. Um, or your brain just packs away what it's been doing and you come back. So how does that look to the team? It's in control. Things are happening, got time to think about it. I mean, and, and you have a calmness that sort of sits in an office and, you know, it's not a, a mad dash in there. In the, it, 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 it's a structured sort of daily approach and, you know, I don't rush to get here at 6 a.m. in the morning. I don't leave at 10 o'clock at night. You know, I go for a swim in the morning and, uh, you know, go home to see the kids. People have to know that life, you know, goes on and you've got time to do those things. And How do you how do, you do that? I mean, selfishly, I want to understand myself, but I'm sure other listeners will as well. How do you have the discipline and structure to find the time to do nothing? Because I agree, I think some of the best ideas I've had have been in an aeroplane where you've got no connectivity and all that sort of stuff and you're just there thinking. You might be listening to music or, or whatever the case is, or going for a run or whatever. So how do you find the time to, to do nothing? Um, it's a cultural thing you've got to set in the business from day one. That's the first thing, that people don't completely rely on you for everything and they know you would trust them. So they're empowered to do things and, uh, and they just get on with them. I mean, they know where the points are that they've got to seek um, you know, uh, guidance. You do have to structure it. There's a you know you get to blank some time out, and and coming back to the setting expectations you know, I'm I go swimming in the morning guys, and that's that's how I can get through the day, and that's how when I've got to travel for for a week and you know hardly any sleep, that's how I get through it. So um, the the body is a is a and I might digress here a bit, but the body is a big telltale on how stressed I am and how how I'm not. Um, so I can tell when I'm too tired and, and ineffectual. You know, one of my guides is my eyes. Uh, you know, the eyes start to, to go, they start to, you know, so I just pull back and make sure that I, you know, either do some more swimming, get some more sleep. Um, so I structure it, uh, make sure I've set some expectations and, and just schedule it and make sure the culture was there. Yeah, great answer. And I think, you know, setting those expectations with those around you is great. And a mentor of mine once said, uh, proportionate with stress going up there should be a correlation with exercise to yeah. sort of manage those yeah. times right and I think so often we don't find the time to exercise and those sorts of things but I think it's, it's maintaining that balance and harmony so seems like you're doing a, a fantastic job there um, you've inspired a lot of people um, in your career thus far and, and no doubt you will in the future as well who's inspired you how have they inspired you maybe what are some of the characteristics of, of people that have inspired you well, I'm going to come back to family. I think my, my mother is a massive inspiration. Uh, she doesn't know it, but, but she is. You know, things will always turn out for the better. Yeah. That's, that's, a, uh, so that's an underlying, you know, we just get on with it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's come, come dearly from, from mum. You know, hands-on, it's come from dad, you know, as a tinkerer, and yeah. we can do that. My yeah. wife hates me for the sake when we go into a, a furniture shop and I look at the furniture, oh, I can build that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, we have a, a tussle there. But I, I think one of, from a work perspective, one of my um, early mentors was a, a Dragline superintendent that I just learned so much about in terms of people, how we interacted with people. You know, we had some of the best operating Draglines. We had, you know, we, we pioneered sort of you know, two men from the three-man Dragline crews. Um, again, he probably didn't know it, but I spent a lot of time with him um, learning that to be an engineer and a sport person um, is not about producing the best computer, you know, aided 
drawing it's coming with me for a drive and and drawing up on a mud map and saying here's the plan we're going to execute you know and because it's not about it's not about only the plan it's about how you market the plan how you sell your product how you communicate here you know what you need um, so you know they they have been some um, some key inspiration and so it does come back to back to the people side um, I've had mentors along the way it's had some mentors within within TEAS that have just helped sort of guide me through through my um, career about what I should and shouldn't do in you know in pathways to take um, or in, you know, in tough times you know, personal tough times with issues on site that have they've just been fallback people that I can just ring up and call um, and, and that's that's you know, I think everyone needs someone you can dump on, um, not in a bad way, but just listens and understands. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Building on that again, how do you define your leadership brand? You seem like a, a visionary guy that's always had a bit of a plan and a vision of where you want to get to. What's been your vision or definition of what you want Scott Winter's brand to be as a leader? Leadership, one of the hardest things to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> um, look, I, I think I'm I'm collaborative uh, as a person. I really want to bring bring the team along the journey. Um, my I think one of the goals I want out of leadership is 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 for the people around me to succeed in in what they're doing, and if I can achieve achieve that through inspiration or through opportunity or through championing something then that's a level of, of success I define in my leadership and and we're going to build a mine now and it's going to put through you know coal onto the train is is that success or is it or is it actually what's happened along the way and what people can say after the you know after the job to say well I, I built that and, and I'm proud of that along the way i you know, I, I nurtured some, you know, some trainees that have come through or, you know, we championed the diversity or, or, or we sponsored by the Indigenous groups. You know, something that, 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 that you were able to do along the way because you were in that space. Um, coming back to the sort of leadership style, I, I don't thump the table. If I have to thump the table, I'm wrong. If I have to, if I have to sort of make a captain's call, which I don't, and I've not failed, um, I really want the team to... To pick up and and go, you know, I, I sort of see myself as as a utility in the the AFL, you know, delivering a pass, not kicking the goal, um, and you know, if the recognition didn't come my way, I'm very very happy with that. It's the recognition elsewhere is that's what I see as an achievement. So it's not a clear five word definition, but no, no, I think to sort of paraphrase like. some of that stuff, I think uh, your your success uh, and, and, and as a leader is a byproduct of empowering and supporting and nurturing success of those around you. Yours is a byproduct, and mm. it's kind of selfless. You're, you're sort of not driven by ego or your own agendas. I mean, you've got an overall um, bigger picture agenda. It's a team agenda, but then you're helping facilitate the environment and those around you to take control and be empowered to achieve that, and you just happen to be on the bus as well. So. Yep. Very good to be on the bus. <laughs> so, so that's good. Now, we, we've talked a lot about the positives. Um, like any leader, um, no doubt you've had some challenges. You've had some dark times in your career and whatnot. 
can you talk to us about any of that, how you've dealt with that specific scenario as a, as a leader? Right. I mean, uh, you know, owning up and, and, and going, yeah, that was a bit of a stuff up. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, fessing up and actually, you know, diving into, you know, why it was, you know, you get a lot of kudos out of it. So that, that's, that's a big thing because I'm sort of very people-oriented, people I mean, I'm probably an extrovert to a degree, um, getting too involved and too attached and too in, you know, into the, into the moment can really, can personally hurt you um, a lot. I mean, I, I went through some, some, some negotiations at one of the mines, you know, some, some EA negotiations where I think, I think they got to me and uh, that, that really, you know, physically as, as much as mentally and, and you, you've got to look back at it now and I say, well, okay, that's because you really got too, too personally involved because you wanted the best outcome and maybe you placed too much trust somewhere and, uh, and, and it sort of bit you. But I think what you might have got to really got to make sure is those journeys where you, where you start to see a little bit of that happen get your mentors involved, get your support network around you and just make sure and ask the question, taking the right approach here, we're doing the right things and and make sure that you you know, you listen. Yeah. That's 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 a, a big part of it. So the more you give, the more you get, you know, that's the sort of part of the philosophy, but you you fly a fine line around there and you, you just gotta you just gotta manage it, I think. Yeah. Um, some people just total close shop and sort of leave that way. I don't I expose a bit more and there's, there's a fine line. And in that negotiation, was it that you were being too idealistic versus pragmatic, or what? What were some of those other key learnings about maybe getting too attached or invested in it? You know, maybe it's a naive. It was early on in the career, um, a bit naive about sometimes how much you believe in in what's being said and sure. the goodness in a person. Sure. Um, versus a cause. Yep. So uh, I think that was probably it. Yeah, yeah, yep. understood. You've obviously completed your mining engineering degree. You've gone on to do uh, finance uh, qualifications or, or tuition. You've also done an MBA. Uh, how much of a benefit has that been in your career? Um, I'd like to do it. Uh, I think finding the time to do it is an admirable thing when you're undertaking a career at the same time. How, how pivotal has that been to you uh, in, in terms of your success, do you think? I think finding the right time to do it in your career is the best thing. I, I look, I've, I'm a big promoter of, of if you're going to do it, and I'll come to if you're going to do it or not, um, is do it once you've got a real clear sort of bit of work under your belt and you know about people. Like MBA, business administration, and it's it's the sort of nearly a ticket to be one of the leaders, you know, CEO, whatever it is. But being that role, as we've talked about, it's all about people. So um, an MBA has an element of people about it um, an MBA has well all the aspects in there and I, and I think I looked at it and said well, I'm going to get two things out of this one it's going to be a ticket on a resume which I'm going to need probably going to need depending on where it's going to go and remember my plan was I wanted to be an MD so um, and at that stage I was thinking across the world you know and, and some countries sort of place more emphasis on that than, than others so I needed it from a bit of a ticket, but at the same time I knew there were things in it that I didn't have in the in the toolkit, and I needed needed to get some. So I come back to that point I made earlier about marketing your product. 
the biggest thing I got out of my, my MBA was the, the marketing and the sales side. Some engineers don't do that. You know, they, they don't have that aspect in their career, but, but, I, but I come back. An engineer is the most technical and brilliant engineer is useless in a world if they can't sell their product. And their product is technical know-how and, and technical outcomes. If you can't communicate it, it's useless. I mean, I, 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 I'll come back to experiences that, are, that an engineer worked for me once and produced the best technical engineering plan of five or eight page stage plan of a drag line accessing into a new strip. And he, uh, he took it down to the drag line and figured that the drag, drag line was entered already and was sort of three or four days up the strip. So the plan was useless. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and the best plan is the one that you, as I said, you draw up on a mud map, generally shows what the principles are, um, and you trust that the guys actually know what they're doing because they've done it for 15, 20 years. So, um, so marketing was a big part of the MBA that I got a lot out of. Now, some good points there, and I think uh, the overarching principle within that, and what I'm, I'm getting as a theme is you putting that toolkit tool kit together, yep. whether it's the frontline leadership, the tickets, the finance exposure, um, those sorts of things, the marketing, you're putting your overall toolkit to enable you to be successful in, in your role um, or your ultimate goal as an MD. It, it was sort of building that portfolio of skills, so I think that's a, it's a key theme or, or learning. Uh, that I've taken out of that. Uh, you talked about swimming in the morning, you talked about uh, creating time to do nothing so you can think um, and think a bit more laterally. Uh, what other rituals or practices do you adopt to get the most out of each day or, or you as a leader and MD? Um, I'm, I make sure I get a bit of time with, I won't get all of them in a day, but it's a different person in the, in the office and on a casual basis just to engage yeah. you know whether it's a joke or five minutes sort of around their desk or oh let's go and have a coffee um, and don't talk about anything just listen and you know because 90% of communication is listening um, people need to know that you're you're engageable and you know you they can release and talk to you um, because that's how you you find out you know what's happening uh, in, a, in a real true sense and, and I, you know, I place a lot of emphasis on culture so uh, it's, it's, it's the way I can keep a handle on, on, on the culture and make sure that it's not tipping out of shape yeah. Yeah. so that, that's a deliberate thing to stay in touch or connect with your staff and also sort of feel the pulse of yeah. them as individuals or, or maybe the culture of the business as opposed to just running so fast you're oblivious or, or maybe simply don't have time for that I guess that's a mistake some people make so it's good that you were deliberate in terms of making that time. Um, it's sort of knowing what your role is. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to, to figure out what your role is as you step through your career. Um, and it probably comes, becomes clearer as you get you know, later in your career. I mean, a technical down, you've got to produce plans, so it becomes easier. But uh, Sorry, it's easier to define. But as you sort of step into management and leadership roles, it's about understanding what has the biggest influence on outcomes and where you need to spend spend that time um, because technically or you know theoretically you can do every job in 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 the office to a to a certain degree um, but that's not where your time is best spent it's definitely not where, where your time is best spent yeah I want to 
take a bit of a, a philosophical turn here and, and sort of uh, tap into what you deem to be your definition of success. You know, how do you define success? Because I think, uh, I'll go back to my own personal experience, I think sometimes when you're ambitious and, and motivated and driven, you keep pushing towards the next goal, the next goal, the next goal, and you don't always stop to get the fulfilment of the journey of, you know, from, from one point to another. How do you define success? It's not one big outcome. It, it's many little outcomes. And, and the, the journey along the way is, is the success. that, And you celebrate along the way. I mean, we've still got the bottles, uh, the champagne bottles and the corks that we, uh, that we drank after we signed the deal in January last year. You know, and, the, and, and the pictures and the little pods that we did on the iPhones that, that showed everyone jumping up and down. You know, that's excessive because all these people that's around you at that time, it might have been eight people, you know, they have at that time they've had this, um, you know, this win, a feel of, of absolute, you know, euphoria for, for achieving something. So I, I don't see us putting coal on the train being, that's the goal, that, you know, that's the success. I see all these little bits along the way because everyone, all the 30, 40 people uh, are doing tasks that are great. Yeah, they're all going to the achievement, and um, but along the way, they've all had these little wins, and you've got to recognise all those ones along the way. Because I come back to that point I made before: success is seeing the enjoyment out of people growing, and and uh, you know being rewarded for 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 their growth and fulfilment. No, fantastic answer. Um, shifting tact a little bit, um, you're a busy guy with your career, with work, what you're trying to achieve as an organisation. Aside from swimming, what else do you do to, to tune out, to get away, to relax, you know, and, and, and attempt to have some sort of harmony in life? Manual labour. <laughs> Manual labour is, is, a, is a, great, um, a great way to, to tune out. Uh, we're building the house at the moment. And just before Christmas, first time I've ever done it, actually had a holiday where I didn't go anywhere and I just did nothing but actually did some work around the house. Yeah. And, and that's a great way for me, you know blisters on blisters and it just kept on going that that for me is and it's this sense of achievement as well I, I, I can see we pull out 40 ton from the, the top of a block down to the bottom wheelbarrows we got to the end and yeah great you know build a retaining wall great little outcome um, so that's one big thing on, on a more sort of routine basis cook, cooking I, I do a lot of cooking and uh, cooking with the kids you know flour goes everywhere so that that to me is a great fulfilment and a green the creative side that you know um, anything you know it's main main courses or desserts whatever it is but I get a lot of a lot of um, yeah uh, enjoyment out of that yeah yeah no, fantastic it it sounds like you you're fairly acutely aware of who you are what works what doesn't work. And maybe that comes with time and experience. Um, looking back, if you were to talk to a 21-year-old Scott Winter, what would you tell that ambitious little guy? Geez, you're handsome. Later <laughs> <laughs> um, <That> aside. <laughs> anything is achievable if you want it to be, um, if you want to head that way. Uh, lay yourself out a, a back-of-the-envelope five-year plan. Surround yourself with some people that you think may help you along the way. And uh, have utter belief that you can you can get there. Um, and probably the only one I said earlier was know yourself, invest in knowing yourself, uh, is is a big is a big way. 
I mean, it is a cliche to say you can do anything you want, but the reality is if you plan it, you, you luck, you know, right place, right time, it's not exactly right. You know, you've got to be there, and that's a planned event generally to, in, in, in the, sense of, the sense of that, and there's a bit of latitude, but your outcomes are, are quite defined by your actions. Some great points there, and, and I too, I don't believe in luck. I mean, the, the cliche sort of states that luck's just the intersection of hard work and opportunity, right? Yeah. And maybe throw in a bit of a, a, an overarching vision. Yeah. It's not luck. I think you put yourself in that position, don't you? Mm. Yep. 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 Like I, I, I did have a vision that I wanted to be in this an MD role and in a, in a, be a business that I could create. I had that from mid twenties, and. You know, the, the longer the career went on, you know, I looked at it and went, gee, it's a tough world. I mean, we did it in when there was an absolute depressed resource market. God, um, not at the boom time. Um, but if you don't have, you know, some people are driven by money. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many, but um, that wasn't our driver. Our driver was something else. And I think that's part of the reason why we got there. So, yeah. It can be done. Oh, fantastic. You've, you've given uh, a lot of tips uh, from your journey. Um, what other tips would you leave uh, some of the listeners with in terms of some of the aspiring leaders out there? What other tips on leadership would you leave the, the audience with? Um, I, I think get yourself some some mentors. You know, believe in a mentor program, and uh, I think that's that's a good thing. You know, step out. You know. Getting where you want to go is hard work. You know, getting where you want to get to doesn't just happen, um, and you have to do a little bit extra. And uh, you've 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 got to surround yourself with the people that can connect you um, to a broader to a broader network. So that that's a, a critical point in, in, in all of that. Um, if you want to learn more about leadership. Then, then do some reading. You know, there's millions of books on on leadership, and you will get one point out of all of them. And what you'll find after five years of reading leadership books, one or two points will always resonate. And that, the reason why it resonates is that it's probably your style, and uh, and you like it, and that's the way you you go. So, yeah, I don't want to give too many, and there's lots of points. But now there's been plenty of great takeaways. I want to throw a little bit of a curveball at the at the very end. What drives Scott Winter? Why aspire to be this managing director, uh, building a mine, everything else you've achieved? What drives you? I've had to think of this recently because <laughs> because uh, you know my what's in front of me now is growth. You know we're we're sort of at a point where momentum is is building and to a point where the mine's going to get built, and I'm thinking about what's the next thing. So what drives me to do that uh, I think a challenge you know the, the body just loves the challenge that's, that's why I swim in the morning it's why I do triathlons and because you, you like to personally challenge yourself we're only here for a limited time so get the most out of it yeah. and, and I think now and I'm not going to have all the right answers because I'm really trying to explore it now is we're in a position to really affect change and have an ability to do it because we're we're nimble and we can make those decisions so 
being able to champion a cause, being able to affect a, a change that needs something, um, what it is, don't know, but that's, we've got the ability to do it now. The resources to do it, the, 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 the time and, the, and energy to do it. So that, that drives me. Oh, fantastic. Look, Scott, appreciate your time. We're grateful. Um, some great takeaways, uh, I believe. So grateful for your time. Congratulations on everything you've achieved thus far and, and all the best with what's ahead of you and the team here at Mac. Thanks for sharing your journey. Thanks for the opportunity. It's great. Appreciate it, Sean.